Okay, good evening everyone. Bruch Thank you everyone for coming. We want to welcome all of our Torah Anytime viewers and I give a big yashikach to Rav Sam Daniel for sponsoring the share this evening. It's been many weeks in the working. We've been planning this for a long time. So we give him a big yashikach. And in the schus of being mechazek, liman atayra, he should be blessed with much success and hatzlacha in all of his endeavors. Imali Hashem kol meshalos libcha latayva. Okay. If we were to ask ourselves, what is the definition of a tzaddik? What does it mean to be a tzaddik? You know, to all of a sudden, you know, it conjures up in our mind a picture of a guy with a long beard, long white beard, maybe uh, a fur hat, saying Tehillim all day, davening along Shmon Esrei. What does it mean to be a tzaddik? What does it mean to be a tzaddik? What do you have to do? You know, do you have to have, wear a certain color coat? You have to do certain things, you have to say certain things, you have to go to the mikvah. How many times do you have to dunk? You know? What does it mean to be a tzaddik? Now, so you ask, was there anybody who was ever a tzaddik? Yosef. So actually, we know that Yosef is called a tzaddik. But most people are probably unfamiliar with where does it say that Yosef was a tzaddik? We know in Oshpizen, you know, in the Zohar, it says Yosef tzaddikaya. But does it say anywhere in the Chumash that Yosef was a tzaddik? And the answer is no. No. In the Viam, the Navi Amos that we learned last week says, refers to Yosef as tzaddik. The Navi Amos says, Koyamar Hashem, so says God, Ashlosha Yisrael. The Jews sinned three times, but Arba for a fourth sin, Loyashivenu, can I not take retribution? For which is the fourth sin that God says He has to punish us? Al Michram. Bakesef Tzadik for selling the Tzadik for money. Who's the Tzadik? Yosef. So, you know, the Navi doesn't throw around words. So, you know, nowhere, anywhere in Chumash or in Navi or in Ksuvim is Moshe called a Tzadik? Is Aaron called a Tzadik? Is Avraham, Yitzchak, or Yaakov called a Tzadik? There's only one time in the entire Nevi'im and Ksuvim that one individual is called a Tzadik, and that is Yosef. There is another individual in Tanakh that is also called a tzaddik. Noach. Noach. Noach ish tzaddik. That's it. Noach and Yosef. Yeah? So what does it mean to be a tzaddik? So the Medrash Tanchuma says, Ish tzaddik, Al shazan briyosav shal hakadosh baruch hu nikotak. You know what it means to be a tzaddik? To feed people. Shkoyach sam, right? To, you know what it means to be a tzaddik? If you feed people, you feed, especially Jews, you're a tzaddik. Okay, why? Now, how many people do you have to feed? The whole world. There are only two individuals in history that fed the whole world. Noach, well, he's on the boat. He's feeding everyone, the whole world. And Yosef, who? Hamashbir l'cholam ha'aretz. There are two individuals in Tanakh that are called tzaddik, says the Medrash, because they fed everyone. By the way, someone pointed out to me, there's another individual that is called a tzaddik, but he's not a person. He's God. And when is God called a tzaddik? Very interesting. The definition of a tzaddik, according to the Medrash, is to feed people. Rabbi Say, this evening we are going to investigate and delve into another reason why Yosef was called a tzaddik, perhaps why Noach was called a tzaddik, and we begin with a chida. 
But it's not what you're thinking. I know, yeah, the rabbi's quoting the chidah again. No, no. This time, instead of the chidah with an aleph, it's a chidah with a hey, a chidah, a riddle. A riddle. Okay? You ready for the riddle? Now, this riddle is brought down in the Sefer Chamra Tava from Avraham, Rabbi Avraham Simcha Horowitz, the Avbezin of Barnav. We're featuring the Sefer for the very first time. He was a very, he was a Makobol and a master of Ramazim. And he asks the following riddle. He says, Chanukah is alluded to in Parshas Miketz, Vayigash, Vayeshev. It's weird. So he said like this. Listen to this. Chidah Kach mitzias Yosef. Take what Yosef found. El big day Yosef. Put it next to Yosef's clothing. Umechir Yosef. Take Yosef's price. El tosefes Yosef. Put it together with what was added to Yosef. Vetimtza Chanukah. And you'll find Chanukah. You hear? You take what Yosef found. You put it together with Yosef's coat. You take what Yosef costs. You put it together with what was added on to Yosef. And you have Chanukah. You got it? Anyone have it? So the answer is like this. Here's the riddle. Here's the answer to the riddle. What did Yosef find? Vayimtza Yosef Chain. Right? Look at number four. Vayimtza Yosef Chain Be'enav. Yosef found favor in the eyes of his boss. So, Chain. Okay? Take the letters Ches, Nun. Now take Yosef's coat. What was Yosef's coat made out of? Look at number five. Big day Sheish. Sheish means linen. It could also mean the number six. Vav. Okay? So you take Chain. You put it together with Vav. Yosef's coat. Okay. Now take what Yosef costs. How much was Yosef worth? How much was he sold for? So the Pasuk says in Vayeshev Lam and Zayin number six, six, Esrim Kosef, 20 silver pieces. The letter, Chaf. So, Chanu, Ka, Ka. And then what letter was added on to Yosef's name? Hey. Right? Like we say in Tilim Pei Aleph, Eidus Behosef Samo. When, when Yosef was appointed the king of Egypt, he didn't know all the languages. Malach Gabriel came, taught him all the languages. He wasn't hopping. Hashem added a hey onto his name. So says Rabbi Avram, Simcha, Horowitz, the Abbezin of Barnav. You know what the remez to Chanukah is? You take what Yosef found, Chain. You put it with Yosef's coat, Sheish, which is a Vav. You take what Yosef costed, which is a Chaf, 20. You put it together with what was added onto Yosef's name. You have Chanukah. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, what in the world does these, we're like chapping the ches, you know, I could also make a Muslim to Chanukah, you know, take ches from Chanan Hashem, you know, Chanan Varacham Hashem, Erechapayim Varav Chesed, take the nun from, you know, from uh, congregation, you know, it ends with a nun, <laughs> take, take the vav from, uh, you know, I don't know what, we'll, we'll find the vav, we'll find one, and the chaf and he, I mean, well, he's saying there has to be some connection. The fact that Yosef found chain in the eyes of his boss, and the fact that Yosef's coat was, was made out of a sheish, which is a vav, and he costed 20 silver pieces, and the extra hay. I mean, what does that have to do with Hanukkah? Also very interesting. By the way, I'm just giving a, a, a little small introduction. Tonight's shear is different than any other shear we ever had. We can really say about that to every shear we have, but it's really a little bit different. Okay, 
the Haftar to Shabbos Chanukah. It ends with the following words. Teshuais chen chen la. Right? If you're still up in shul, by the time they're laying the Haftarah this week, you'll notice the last pasuk of the Haftarah is Teshuais chen chen la. So can we help ourselves but to think that there's some connection between chen, chen, and Hanukkah? You know, could we do that? You know, it's, it's, on Hanukkah you have to use some, you know, rabbinic license. You know, is there any connection between the end of the Haftar, chen, chen, and Hanukkah? Okay. Rabbi said, so you know, there's a minhag of giving Hanukkah gelt. Yeah? You never hear this minhag? Right. But you know who you're supposed to give it to? Your children's rabbeim. Very, yeah, not to the children. But what happened? People used to send the money with the kids to give to the rabbi. The kids pocketed the money. So now people think the minog is to give the children money. The minog is, you send money to your children's rabbeim. That was the authentic minog. And it's actually brought down in the Mogin Avram that on Hanukkah the Aniyim should go around to the houses and collect tzedakah. Halacha in the Mogin Avram. The Magen Avram writes, Look in Tafresh Ayin, Noyagin, Haneorim, Hoaniyim, Lesabev, Bechanukah, Lapsalim. The Minog is, the Aniyim go around from door to door to collect Tzedakah on Hanukkah. I mean, does he have the right holiday? Hanukkah, Tzedakah? I mean, we know Purim, you know, Pesach. But no, the Magen Avram doesn't say, Purim, you know, Aniyim go around collecting. No, on Purim, you have to go to the Ani. On Pesach, you have to go to the Ani. The only Yom Tif that it says, Aniyim should come to you, is Hanukkah. Probably most people never even heard this before. The only Yom Tif that says, poor people should go collect money, is Hanukkah. I mean, where does this come from? Where does this come from? So Chassam Soifer says like this. Okay, this is just the beginning. Chassam Soifer says, that, you know, on Hanukkah, you have the mezuzah on the right side of the door. Yeah? You have the Ner Hanukkah um, on the left side. If the Ani is standing in the middle of the door, you have three mitzvahs. You have Ner Hanukkah on the left, you have Mezuzah on the right, and Ani in the middle, Noyam, Nun, Ayin, Mem. Ner, Ani, Mezuzah. What's Noyam? We know that by the Chanukahs, Hamishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu offered the Tefillah, Vihi Noyam, Hashem, Eloikeinu Aleinu. We want God's presence to dwell on us. So therefore we create this symbolic word, Nayan, Ner, Ani, Mezuzah. But we want to get to the bottom of this. What exactly is the Indian? What's the reason why the Halacha states that Aniyim should go around collecting tzedakah on Hanukkah? Okay, now we come to something very interesting. Anybody over here by the name of Yosef? Besides, oh... My father, besides my father. <laughs> David Yosef, right? Okay. So, so we learned by Shalashu this two weeks ago that the name Yosef is the Gematria Yud Kevavke times six. Okay? But very interesting, the word Yosef has another Gematria Antiochas. Antiochas is the Gematria Yosef. Also, Melech Yavan is Begematria Yosef. So that is the revelation of the Megala Amukas. That somehow there is a clash. There is a head-to-head battle, right? You know the two helmets clash, right? Head-to-head battle between Yosef and Antiochas. Somehow Antiochas and the Yavanim are what we call anti-Yosef. 
their entire focus is to counteract the Koyach HaKedusha of Yosef HaTzadik. In fact, one of the Xeros that they decreed was you have to write on the horn of an ox that we have no share in God. Why an ox? Because Yosef is compared to an ox. How do we know he's compared? Bechar Shairai Hadalai. So what exactly is it that somehow Yosef and Antiochus are antithesis? Right? They're the, op- the polar opposites from each other. Well, in what way? Okay. Now, you know, everybody wants to know, what was, the, you know, the Avais? You know, they learned Tyro all day, they did Chesed. Did they have any hobbies? You know? Did they collect bottle caps? You know, what did they do in their spare time? No, Moshe, Avraham, Yitzhak, Yahushua, Benun. What did they do in their, you know, did they, did they collect baseball cards? What did they do? Yeah. So you'll be very pleased to know that the Avais actually had a hobby. And they like to mint coins. What? They minted coins. Le sakein matbeot. They minted coins. They made coins. Coins. You know what a coin is? Coins are Money. Mint. To make. To make coins. They make coins. Where does this come from? It's a Gemara Masechta Baba Kama. The Gemara in Baba Kama says that what is exactly, what is a Matbeah Shel Yerushalayim, a Jerusalem coin? Jerusalem coin is like this. It says David and Shlomo on one side. And it says on the other side, Yerushalayim Merakaita. Ask the Gemara, what is the coin of Avraham Avinu? Says the Gemara, the coin of Avraham Avinu had an old man and an old woman on one side, and a young boy and a young girl on the other side. So the Gemara is telling us, Avraham Avinu minted a coin. I mean, come on, you've got to be kidding me. He minted a coin? He had nothing better to do with his life than mint a coin? I mean, this is, you know... Avraham is on the Merkava, is on God's throne. He's the greatest person who ever lived. He's busy being Makari Vrachokim. What, he actually took off, off time from his schedule to mint a coin? Well, what does that mean? So you say, you know, I don't know, maybe he was the only one who did it. Says the Medrash, no, a lot of tzaddikim minted coins. Who? Who else minted coins? Says the Medrash, look at number 13. There are four famous tzaddikim and they all minted coins. Says the Gemara, first of all, Avraham minted a coin. And if you want to, you know, if you ever discover, you're digging in your backyard and you discover a coin that has an old man and an old woman on one side and a young boy and a young girl on the other, you know you found the coin of Avraham Avinu. Then the Gemara says, Yehoshua ben Nun minted a coin. What did it have on Yehoshua ben Nun's coin? An axe on one side, a ram on the other. Why? Because it says about Yosef and then Yehoshua, Bechar Sharai Hadarlai Bekarni Reimkan. David minted a coin. What did it have on David's coin? On one side a stick, on one side a money belt, and one side a tower. And not only that, Mordechai also minted a coin. What did it have on Mordechai's coin? On Mordechai's coin, on one side you had sackfa efer, sackcloth, ashes, and on the other side you had a golden crown. I mean, come on, you got to be kidding me. This is, this is true? Because these tzaddikim minted coins, and by the way, if you look in Masechta Shabbos, Taflam and Gimel and Beis, I discovered this Gemara right after the Shir went to print. So if we ever learn the Sugi again, it will be on the, on the new version, on the updated, on the second edition of the Maramakaimais. The Gemara says, after Yaakov Avinu was spared from Esav, he comes to Eretz Yisrael, Vayichan es Penei Ha'ir, says the Gemara, Vayichan Asamat Beos, he made coins. That's what he did. I mean, that's, that's what tzaddikim do. They mint coins? Yeah, they didn't tell me this in yeshiva, you know? I, I thought you know, you're supposed to learn. No, 
So the tzaddikim have to mint coins. Okay. So what we have right now is a passage from the Sefer called Sefer HaChayim. Sefer HaChayim was written by the brother of the Maharal Prague. Okay? We're talking about 400 years ago. And the brother of the Maharal Prague offers us what I consider the most powerful treatment on a subject that we're, we're about to say what it is that I have ever seen. And the topic is money. Money. So he starts off by saying, money is a very important thing. After all, Chazal tell us, Ani chashiv kameis, a poor man is as if he's dead. However, he then says the following. The Gemara tells us that nowadays there's no more idolatry, right? You don't have real idolatry. Even the people, he says, that bow down to the Buddha, yeah? They're fakers. They're, they don't know what real Avodah is. They're just, you know, it's only mitzvah sanoshim melumada. That's not, it's not the real Avodah like in the olden days, like in the old countries, when they really worshipped Avodah the right way, the Richter, you know, the right way, like in, like in, what? Nowadays, they're just a bunch of fakers, you know? They don't know how to worship Avodah anymore. What? No, nothing to do with David Richter. Richter, right? Okay. Anyway, so he says like this. Even though we don't have Avodah David, but there's one kind of Avodah we still have. And that is the worship of money. People today still worship. Now, what does it mean to worship money? Worship money. You think because a guy has money, he's also smart. What does one thing have to do with the other? You know, they say in Yiddish, you know, you know, Chachma kumnit gelt. Chachma doesn't come with gelt. The guy he has good mazel, he's wealthy. But people worship money. They worship it, like Avodah Zara. So everyone's thinking, yeah, yeah, I know somebody who worships money, but not me. I'm beyond that. I understand that money is not important. So he says like this. If you look in the Gemara Masech Yuma, we find that Anshe Knesset Hagdala tried to abolish the desire for Avodah Zara. Now you have to understand, nowadays when you walk by, you know, uh, ha- a store that sells Gechkas, Avodah Zara, you just walk by. In the old days, in the times of the Gemara, when you walked by a house of Avodah Zara, you felt a nagging, you felt a passion, a desire. Something overcame you that you just wanted to get down and bow down to that Avodah Zara. It was like uncontrollable. It was an urge. It was a passion. It was a desire. Even for the Jew? Yeah, especially for the Jew. Especially for the Jew. And Chazal saw how poisonous and dangerous this was. They prayed to God and they stopped the passion for Avodah Zara. Then they decided, while they're at it, they're going to abolish the Yitzhahara for Arias, for... For Nashim. And they tried it. It didn't really work out. I'll let you look in the Gemara. It's not for a general audience right now. But, but put it this way. The Gemara says, the chicken stopped laying eggs. It wasn't working out. Right? So, but, says the Sefer Chaim, they minimized it. They diminished it a little bit. But there's one type of desire and passion that they didn't touch. And that's the desire for money. Says the Sefer Chaim. The same way, the desire for taiva, for ta- is uncontrollable, is very strong, is like a burning fire, there is nothing that compares to the desire for money. Money is a greater desire than anything else. He even says the word kasef. What does kasef mean? To desire. He says, even Arias, even Taivas Nashim, is more logical than the desire for money. Money is pure passion. 
Now, now, we're not talking about needing money to pay your bills. We're talking about the desire for money for its own sake. This, he says, is an uncontrollable desire. So he says, so why didn't the Anshe Knesset Agdola abolish it? He said, you know, better than the other things. Anyway, people have to work to make a living. They're better that people should be preoccupied with making money and the desire and the never-ending quest for money than getting involved in other things. So says the Sefer Achayim, of all passion and desire, the desire for money is what man is preoccupied with more than anything else. But then he says a very strong line. He says like this. He says, where does the word Russia come from? I'm almost afraid to say it, but what can we do? This is what he says. What is a Russia? What is the word Russia? Right? That's a strong term to call someone. The word Russia says the Sefer Achaim, if you want to see where it is on the second column in the, the second paragraph. He says, Russia, the Radak says, comes from the Pasuk in Eov, Vuhu Yashkid Umiyashia. Umiyashkid, who can be tranquil and who could stop him from moving? The word Russia means unending movement. Movement for what? Movement for money. Says the Sefer Hachayim, the definition of a Russia. Yeah, you know, we could downplay it, we could temper it, we could, you know, whitewash what he's saying, but we're not going to do that. We're going to say it in its absolute raw form, okay? We're not beating around the bush here. It says the Sefer Achim, definition of a Russia is someone who's always, always occupied, 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 making money. That's a harsh statement. But that's what he says. That's what he says. He says the word sheretz, you know what the word sheretz, right? A sheretz. Oh, the word sheretz, where does the word sheretz come from? Sheretz. That, he's running. We know, sheretz. Anybody ever try eating a caterpillar? Hopefully not, right? Anyone try eating a cockroach? Sure, you can't eat it. The word sheretz, the root is sheretz. Comes from the root of someone always running, running, running to make money. As opposed to, as opposed to, creatures that only have two legs. How fast could they go already? They are representative of those who are not involved in the constant, incessant drive to make money. He even says, the reason why creatures that have many legs are, you can't eat them, is because they represent the quest for the desire for money. That's what he says. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. Anyway, says the Sefer Chaim, and what's a tzaddik? What's a tzaddik? Is a tzaddik... You know, we may think someone who gets up extremely early in the morning to work and stays up very late at night working the whole day. He's uh, very industrious and he's a hard worker, a lot of work ethic, yes. Maybe he's not lazy. But according to the Sefer Chaim, that's not admirable. That's not admirable. The person has to work to make a living. You have to work within reason. But the incessant, constant running, 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 that's, he highly criticizes What's a tzaddik? Is a tzaddik someone who, you know, says the Tehillim every Shabbos, every day? Someone who toivel in the mikvah? Says the Sefer HaChaim. If you want to see in the first paragraph, first column, on the bottom line. The definition of a tzaddik is someone 
who has integrity and honesty when it comes to money. The fact that the guy is the first one in the shul, we know nothing if he's a tzaddik or not. The fact that the guy knows shas, we still have no clue if he's a tzaddik. The fact that the guy's beard is down to the floor, we don't know if he's a tzaddik. You know when we know if he's a tzaddik? When he borrows money, he's careful to pay back. If when he owes somebody money, he doesn't forget about it. If when he buys something, he pays for it. That's what a tzaddik is. Someone who doesn't cheat. Someone who doesn't take money that doesn't belong to him. That's a new definition of a tzaddik. It's a very big chiddush, right? We, we would think what's a, a tzaddik is someone who is very uh, punctilious in religious pe- practice. No, that's not what a tzaddik is. He may be careful on halakha, he may be a chassid, he may be a tamar chacham, but he's not a tzaddik. A tzaddik is someone who's careful with money. A rasha is someone who is so preoccupied with money that he may start to cut corners, he may start to take money that doesn't belong to him. A tzaddik is someone who his money is kasher v'yasha. Rasha v'yashalim. That's right. Kaihelas. Is there a place where Yosef is? Where is it? Money? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, we'll have to look it up. That is the... Ah, says the Sefer HaChayim. So why was Avram Avinu minting coins? Why was Yaakov Avinu minting coins? Why was Yehoshua Ben Nun minting coins? Why was David HaMelech minting coins? You know why? Because money is very dangerous. Because as soon as it's jingling in your hand... You're going to start being blinded. You start getting caught up. Oh, as soon as you look at the bank account and you see the number, you want more, and you want more, and you want more. It's an avodazara. It's a taiva. It's a desire. Therefore, the avais understood in order to curb their desire for money, what they did was they took an event in history that God gave them a salvation and they minted a coin so that whenever they would see money, they would be reminded, that this is something that Hashem gave them. That is the purpose of why the Avais minted coins. Avraham minted a coin, an old man, an old woman, on one side, a young man, a young woman on the other side, to remind himself that after he was already older, Hashem made a miracle, and he was able to have a child. Yeshua Benun pictured on his coin, the conquest of Eretz Yisrael. So that any time they would be involved with money, they would remind themselves where money comes from. So if you think, if Avraham, if Yaakov, if David HaMelech felt that money was something that they considered dangerous, that was, that could present a very big challenge for them, Allah has come of a comma, ordinary person like me and you, you have to beware. Because says the Sefer HaChayim, more than anything else in life, money, the desire for money, exerts in a tremendous force on a person. This is the treatment of the Sefer HaChayim. And he even says, like this, very interesting. We know that Eov lost all of his money. And Eov tries to console himself by saying, oh, you know, it's not so bad because, look, I came into this world without any money, so it's not so bad that I lost my money. So Sefer HaChem says, yeah, what exactly is the Eov's consolation? The fact that he came into the world without money? Says the Sefer HaChem, you know what Eov is telling himself? Eov is saying to himself, money is not one of the essentials in life. So you say, well, how could it not be one of the essentials in life? How could I go anywhere? I can't do anything without money. What it means is like this. Would anyone here, does anybody dream about their toothbrush? <laughs> oh, my toothbrush. 
oh, how I need my toothbrush. I have all of this lasagna stuck in between my teeth. Oh, I can't wait until I go home tonight to brush my teeth. And right, nobody dreams of, right? But people, you know, even during this, they're feeling their wallet to see if it's there every three seconds, right? It's there, right? Why is it, that, says Eov, a toothbrush is not essential to one's function in life. Of course, you've got to brush your teeth. Otherwise, you know, you won't be able to talk to anybody. But a toothbrush is not one of the ikarim in life. You wouldn't say one of the fundamental ideas and concepts in life is your toothbrush. Or would anybody, does anybody dream about their winter coat? Oh, I can't wait until I could put on my winter coat. When you're cold, you put on the winter coat. When you're cold, you put on your winter coat. But nobody dreams, nobody has desires for their winter coat. Yeah? Does anybody have desires for their galoshes? No. Yeah, you need them. When it's snowing outside, you've got to put them on. So Eov is saying, if money was one of the essential functions of life, then when I would have been born, God would have suspended around my neck a wallet with Visa, Discover, MasterCard, American Express, cash and checks. But I wasn't born that way. The same way I wasn't born with a toothbrush and galoshes, I wasn't born with money either. Which goes to show money is for a purpose, but it's not an end in and of itself. Okay, this concludes the treatment of the Sefer HaChayim. But what he's telling us is, what is the definition of a tzaddik? Someone who is careful with money. What is the definition of a rasha? Someone who is overly preoccupied with money. These are not my words. These are not the words of someone who lived a hundred years ago. This is the brother of the Maraumi Prada. Okay. Can we then help but think that if the Maral's brother is telling us that the definition of a tzaddik is someone who is careful with money. And in Tanakh we find that Yosef is called a tzaddik. Is it possible to say that this is Yosef's defining feature? So let's see. In Parshas Vayigash, next week. Yeah? So, Paro appoints Yosef to be the head of, of Egypt, to be the uh, chief of uh, the treasury. And well, the Pasuk says like this, Vayalakit Yosef is called Kesef. Yosef gathered all the money. Hanim Tzabiyaretz Mitzrayim, that was found in Mitzrayim. Hubiyaretz Kanan, Vashevra Ashahim Shoivrim, for the food that everybody bought. Vayove Yosef es HaKesef Beis HaParoi. Yosef brought the money to Paro's house. Why is the Torah telling us that Yosef took the money and he brought it to Paro's house? Says the Sfarno. Ready for this? Says the Svarno, Vayave Yosef Esakesef, Yosef brought the money, Pesa Paroi, Sheloi Hoira, Liatzmoi Heter. Yosef did not rationalize. Bechol Amolai, in all of his work, La Kachas, Dover, Laatzmoi, to take a penny for himself. Just imagine. Yosef is collecting money from every citizen, from every country in the world, and they're buying food from him. And Yosef's giving them a loaf of bread and they're paying top dollar. They're giving him a hundred bucks. Yosef, the money's coming in. The money's coming in. And Yosef thinks to him, you know, one second. Paro appointed me to be the treasurer. I'm working, giving him all of my energies, all of my talents. So, you know, every tenth hundred dollar bill, he should slip in his pocket. I mean, Paro didn't offer him a salary. I mean, he's entitled. He's entitled. Would anybody think he's not entitled? Would anybody even know if Yosef took anything? Says the Svarno, Yosef did not rationalize, right? He could have rationalized. He could have said, yeah, that boss. Of course, he, you know, 
I, I, he doesn't owe me anything. But I, I came to work early today. Is he going to pay me extra for the fact that I worked overtime? So when he's not looking, you know, I'll take something, uh, I'll take a roll of paper towels from the office. You know, he won't mind. Or I'll call long distance from the office. He won't mind, says the Svarno. Yosef could have rationalized to himself, you know what, I'm working my heart out. I'm working so hard. Let me take something. No, says the Svarno, Yosef did not take a penny. Says the Ramban. Says the Ramban. Why does the Torah go to such great lengths to explain all the details of Yosef's economic plan that, you know, he was busy with, with uh, buying, buying, uh, selling the food to the people and then buying their animals and then buying themselves? You know, why does the Torah go to such great lengths to tell us about all of Yosef's efforts? Says the Ramban, look at number 17. The Torah is telling me the Maila of Yosef, the great attribute of Yosef. How how trustworthy he was when it came to money. That he brought all the money to Paro's house. You know, didn't he, have a, didn't he have a right to take something, to take a cut? Of course he had a right. He should have made his own treasury. You know, take... 10%, 5%, 3%, 1%. If Yosef would have taken 1%, he would have been the wealthiest man. He didn't take anything. Why? He says, He gave everything to the king who trusted him. Paro entrusted him with the job. Paro put his faith in him. Yosef had to act in good faith. Says Ramban, And by Yosef doing this, Yosef found favor in people's eyes. Why? Not because he was so good-looking. Not because he was so charming. Because he was so honest. That's what the Ramban says. In fact, the Medrash tells us that when Klal Yisrael were coming and traveling through the Midbar, they were led by two Aroinois, by two boxes. The Aroin that housed the Tyra, and the Aroin of Yosef. And the Goyim would see what's going on. What are these two boxes? So people said, inside this box is a dead person, and inside this per- box is the living God. So the Goyim said, why are you putting a dead person next to the living God? So the matter says, because, you know, we told the people, this guy in this box fulfilled what it said in that box. They said, what's that? He didn't steal. So they said, when didn't he steal? When he was appointed over the treasury in Egypt. So imagine like that. Imagine, you know, like at the Leviah of the Vilna Gain. They said, look what a tzaddik is coming by. Oh yeah, what did he do? He didn't pocket someone else's money. Somebody might be very surprised if that was the, uh, the accolades that we give the big time. No, but that, those were the accolades given to Yosef. He didn't steal. Which means that someone of a lesser caliber than Yosef would have been pocketing a lot of that money. And according to the Sefer HaChaim, the definition of a tzaddik is someone who doesn't take money that doesn't belong to them. Not just doesn't. You always have opportunities to rationalize, to cut corners, to take a little extra, you know, utilize the, the job to, you know, make a little bit more when nobody's looking. Yosef was medaktik kuchud hasara. Says the Tzor Hamar, now the Tzor Hamar was written by Rabbi Avram Saba. Ram Saba was one, one of the... Uh, Gerushe Sefarad, one of the Spanish leaders, uh, one of the leaders of Spanish Jewry in 1492, and he tells us something very interesting. 
when Yosef was called upon by Paro to interpret the dreams. So Paro says to Yosef, Wow, you're an amazing interpreter. So what did Yosef say? Bila die. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Elohim, Yanesh, Shalim Pari. God. It's God. Very interesting. Says the Tzara Amar, when Paro appointed Yosef to be the ruler of Egypt, what did Paro say to Yosef? Uviladecha layorim ish es yadai b'chaleretz Mitzrayim. Says the Tzara Amar, Yosef said, it's not me. He showed this anivus, he showed this humility. So Paro says, it's not you, you're the only one. You're the only one. Yosef said, Biladai. Paro says, Ubiladecha layorim ish es yadai b'chaleretz Mitzrayim. Okay. So perhaps we could suggest that you know why Yosef is called a tzaddik? Because he didn't take a dime from Paro. So you say, then why is Noah called a tzaddik? Same reason. Because why was everyone else in the world destroyed? Hamas. And Noah was the only honest guy. Yeah. Uh, in the Torah... Moshe at one point mentions that he didn't take anything. Lo chamor yeah. But still, we don't find that someone was. We don't find that that anyone was posed with the same challenge as Yosef. Here, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying he served as a public figure; he could have used their donkey. But Yosef was entrusted with money, uh, the likes of which it said in the the Chumash says they had so much money. There was no number anymore to count the money. So if they had no number to count the money, no one would have known if Yosef took a penny. Nobody would have known. They, didn't even, they hadn't even created that number figure to be able to count the money in Mitzrayim. So nobody would have known. Ki ain't misbar. Ki ain't misbar. Okay. Says the Kliyakar, listen to this. You know, we, all, we know in Pashas by Yishlach, Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu goes back to get Pachim Ketanim. Small jugs. And it's at that moment that the Malach of Esav strikes him in the hip socket. The Kli Yakar says an amazing thing. Because elsewhere in Chazal, Yaakov Avinu is complimented for not wanting to waste even a small jug. Says the Kli Yakar, the way he sees it, the only reason the Malach of Esav was allowed to attack Yaakov Avinu is because Yaakov acted improperly for going back to get the small jug. Why? Says the Kliyakar. Yaakov Avinu was a wealthy man. He had everything. So he lost, he left his dollar canister on the other side of the river. He's endangering himself to go out in the night. Yeah? In the night, you know, there are a lot of shadim, they're demons. I went for a walk tonight, I at least saw three shadim. No kidding. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're out there. At night. No, I'm not saying I'm not doing They're out there. They're shadim. And so Yaakov's going to go out by ni- at night. He's going to endanger himself with the demons. Why? For a buck? You're going to endanger your life for a buck? Says the Kliyakar, the Malach of Esav, who has been ready to pounce on Yaakov for the last 77 years, never had an opportunity until he said, Oh, Yaakov, you also have a little blindness. You're also interested in money. You're also interested... He strikes him in the socket. Why? Because Yaakov displayed an a little bit of a, too much of an interest in money. Says the Kliyakar, the desire for money is one of the greatest blindnesses that we have. Just think about it. Why don't we think about money the same way we think about our toothbrush? Yeah, of course, you need a toothbrush. You need money. You got to pay the bills. 
You know, you have to have some in the bank for a rainy day, fine. But what are you, you're dreaming about it, you know? No. Money is like galoshes. It's a necessity. Yeah, okay. Says the Kliyakar, like this, a very powerful thing. Says the Kliyakar, ask yourself the following question. What do you desire in life? Do you desire money? Or do you desire chachma? Wisdom. But it is impossible to desire both. If you desire money, then you don't desire chachma. And if you, because these are two polar opposites. Says the Kliyakar. He says, Why was the Malach able to strike Yaakov in the Yarech? You know what the Yarech is? The thigh is the private part. That represents the secrets of the Torah, the private parts of the Torah. The parts of the Torah that are not accessible to everyone. Says the Kliyakar. When the Malach saw that Yaakov was slightly too interested in money, he removed Yaakov's ability to comprehend certain aspects of the Torah. Because the two can't go together. So a person has to ask himself, what do I desire? What is my dream? What are my aspirations? What What do I yearn for? What do I long for? It's one or the other. That's why. Hashem Ashlomo, what do you want? You want Chachma or you want Aisha? Why couldn't you have both? The, o- the only way to have both is to say, I desire Chachma. And then, if you're lucky, you'll have Torah Gedula B'Makam Echad, Dafka. Yeah? But if somebody desires both, it's one or the other. Yeah, a person needs money. Money is a necessity for what a person's needs. Says the Shla HaKadosh an amazing thing. Listen to this. The Malach hit Yaakov Avinu, we're in the Kaf. How do you spell Kaf? Kaf Pei. On Hanukkah, we found in the Beis Hamikdash what? Pach. The same icy ice. Kaf, Pach. Kaf, Pei. What's the difference? The only difference is, is it a closed Kaf or an open Kaf? Is it a closed Pei or an open Pei? The word kaf, the kaf is closed, the pei is tall and open. The kaf is what we call a kaf kefufa, the pei is a pei pshuta. The le- kaf, spelled kaf pei, kaf represents your hand is called a kaf. Your mouth is called a pe. Now, you have two things, you have a hand and you have a mouth. Which one should be open and which one should be closed? <laughs> The hands should be open, the mouth should be closed. But the kaf of Yaakov, why was the Malach able to strike the kaf of Yaakov? Because when you spell kaf, the kaf is closed, the hand is closed, and the pay, the mouth was open. Why was the hand closed and the mouth open? Because their hand was closed. The shvatim were money hungry. Why were they money hungry? They sold Yosef for 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, you sold Yosef. They had an obsession with money. Their mouth was open. Yosef's mouth was open. The hand was open, excuse me, was closed. The mouth was open. That's kaf. That's how the Malach was able to strike Yaakov Avinu. But Yaakov's avoda was to bring Hanukkah and to transform, says the Shla, the kaf, into pach. Where pach is, the pay, the mouth is closed and the hand is open. Says the Shla, quoting from Josephus, 
this is a rare instance where you have a Makobo quoting from the work of history of Flavius Josephus. Yeah, Yosef Ben Gurion. He says like this in Parakhaf When the Hashmonoim were victorious over the Yavanim, they distributed all the spoils to the Aniim. Why? Because they understood in order to transform the Kaf of Yaakov into Pach, they need to open their hands and keep their mouths closed. And that's why they murdered all of the Jewish tattles, tattletellers. They, they murdered all the Maushinim. Says the Shla, based on Josephus, that at the Hanukkah miracle, the Jewish people murdered all of the Jewish tattletellers to the government to destroy, keep the mouth closed and the hand, the, the hand open. They transformed the Kaf into the Pach. And they transformed the Yerech of Yaakov, look in Parshas Baaloscha, to the Yerech of the Menorah. What's the main branch of the Menorah called? Yerech HaMenorah. Look in Parshas Baaloscha. This is how the Shla understands the connection between Yaakov and Hanukkah. To transform the Kaf of Yaakov, where the hand was closed of the Shvatim, they sold Yosef for 20 bucks, and their mouth was open, to Hanukkah, where we distributed the tzedakah to the Aniyim, and we killed the tattletale. So now we understand, beautifully, we understand beautifully, why on Hanukkah, it's the only yomtif that the Magen Avram says, the Aniyim come to your house, because you want to be able to transform the Kaf of Yaakov to the Pach Shemen. Says the Sefer Chamratava, okay, you'll help me out with the rest, Says the Sefer Chamratava. The Chassam Sefer said that we have three mitzvahs. Ner on the, on the left side. Nun. Mem on the right side. Mezuzah. Ayin. The Oni in the middle. Noam. Right? Behinayim Hashem Lekin. Says the Sefer Hachayim. Back to the Sefer Hachayim. There are three main Averos that Hashem gets angry at us because of. Number one. Avodah Zara. Zion. Number two, Ayin, Arias. Number three, Mem, Mamon. So we have Noam, the Ner Hanukkah, the Oni, the Mezuzah. That's Noam. We have Zam, Hashem's anger. Avodah Arias, Mamon. What's the difference between Nun, Ayin, Mem, and Zayin, Ayin, Mem? 44, the 44 Neros of Hanukkah. The miracle of Hanukkah, the Yom Tif of Hanukkah, is to transform. It's 43, but we could be one off. But uh, the nace the, the of Hanukkah, the Avoid of Hanukkah, says the Shla, is to transform the Kaf of Yaakov into the Pach Shemen. And that is by understanding that money is not our focus in life. We don't get caught up in it. It's not our desire. It's not our passion. It's not what we yearn for. It's not what we aspire for. And how do we do that? We're careful to... Give tzedakah on Hanukkah more than any yomtif where the Ani comes to your house. And that's why the Rambam writes the only mitzvah that you need to sell your clothing for to acquire is Hanukkah. Because when it comes to Hanukkah, you have to be willing to give up your money more than any, any other yomtif. Why was Yosef Matzachin in people's eyes? How did he find favor in people's eyes? Because of his honesty with money. Noach also was a tzaddik. Noach also was Noach Matzachin. Hashem. 
Very, this is amazing. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us that after Yaakov Avinu battled the Sarai Shalesav, he comes to Eretz Yisrael, Vayichan es Says the Gemara, what does it mean, Vayichan es Says the Gemara, he minted coins. Says Rashi, how do you see in the word Vayichan that Yaakov minted coins? Says Rashi, Chain, Chain. To mint a coin, according to the way the Sefer Chaim understands it, with the understanding that this is something that Hashem gave me for a specific purpose, but it's not something that I desire or yearn for, that is how one finds chain in people's eyes. Because that allows a person to be honest. If a person is money hungry, if a person is constantly yearning and dreaming and striving for money, it is nearly impossible for a person to be careful only to have and keep and touch and want and the desire, the money that truly belongs to him. Says the Machsarvitri, who's the Machsarvitri? The student of Rashi. Chanukah is, you know where Chanukah comes from? Matzah chen v'chafhe kislev. The word Chanukah is we found favor on the 25th day of Kislev. How did we find favor? Like the Shla says, we were able to understand that the chet of Mechiras Yosef, right? Yosef, because of the chet of Mechiras Yosef, it was Vayiga Bekaf Yerechal. And we were able to be masaking that by giving away money to the Aniyim, by giving away the Shalal of the victory over the Yavanim. And this is where the root of Hanukkah comes from. There's a Rishon. Chanu, they found favor on the 25th day of Kislev. They were masaking the chet of Mechiras Yosef. Where is there an allusion to Hanukkah and Torah? Take what Yosef found, Vayimta Yosef, Chain. With Yosef's garment, Big Day Sheish. With Yosef's price, Chaf. With the letter that was added to Yosef, because on Hanukkah, according to the Shla, we're able to rectify this problem that caused the Malach to come and attack Yaakov Avinu, Vayiga Bekaf Yerecha. And we were able to transform that Yerech into the Yerech of the Menorah, says the Sefer Charmotava. The Gematria of the word Neis Hanukkah, is tzedakah. How many different forms of tzedakah are there? What does the Rambam say? Eight. Eight, eight days of Hanukkah. Keneged, the eight levels of tzedakah. And the Rambam, Neis Hanukkah, equals tzedakah. And this is an important lesson that we learn. Says the Sefer Achayim, if you look throughout Tanakh, what is a tzaddik referred to as? Kesef. There are many instances where the Gemara Darshan, where it says, I'll give you an example. The Sefer Achayim says, <clears throat> in the last paragraph, in the first column, number 14, Tzadikim are called Kesef. When Hashem says, Tziror HaKesef, Lokach Biyodai, I took the money, a Tzadik is referred to as Kesef. Why? Because if a person wants to be a Tzadik, what he has to master, what he has to have control over is the desire for money. When a person desires, when a person is able to overcome and understand and appreciate the role of money in this world, that is the true definition of a tzaddik. That is what God refers to as a tzaddik. And ultimately, that is what we were able to correct and rectify on Hanukkah. Hence the name Hanukkah, Rabbi Yisai, Afrelech and Hanukkah.